You know, the question of the ages uh, is expressed in a beautiful song that we're all familiar with. And it simply says, what child is this? When this amazing moment happened, this amazing birth occurred, what was happening? What was going on? Uh, What would be the meaning of this birth that they were calling the birth of a king? How would that make the world different? And so we're going to hear that song and join in. We, We hope you'll sing along. And we're going to experience the scenes of the live nativity.
what an amazing night and what an amazing truth to celebrate. Thank you, worship team, and thank you, teenagers. They've been working for weeks on that. Let's give them another hand wherever they are. And I hope you got to see them out in the far parking lot. I went out there. Oftentimes, I can't get all the way out there because there's so much going on. But uh, I really enjoy going and seeing uh, everything that was happening out there. It's an amazing moment, and we find it in Scripture in several different places. But I want us to read uh, from Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 20. And if we can get the back wall working, that will help me as well. Um, And you'll find that on page 857 uh, of the Bibles that are out there. And let me just say, if you do not own a Bible, please take one of these Bibles home with you as your first Christmas gift and make sure you have a Bible in your home to read and to study. I'm going to read a little bit longer passage. It's the passage that gives us all of the background, beginning in verse 1 of Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for all they had heard and seen 
as it had been told to them. You know, during Advent, uh, we've been lighting candles uh, for these past four weeks, these Sundays of Advent, and we've been exploring uh, these different themes. Uh, You'll see it on the next slide. Uh, That We wanted to say, what does it mean to find our hope, to find our salvation, to find our joy, and to find our peace? Last weekend, I I talked to you and I shared with you that all of these are, are really corporate longings that then become personal when Jesus arrives. Uh, All through the Old Testament, we hear about the hope for the nation, but that's also hope for you. We we learned that there is a salvation of Israel that was longed for, but there's also salvation for you. And if we miss that, we really miss the most important thing. We talked about how there's joy as a people, but there's also joy within you. And we need to take hold of that joy. We talked about peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And that is very much needed in our world. But it begins when there's a peace that he leaves with you. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. On Christmas Eve, we light this final uh, Christ candle. And I began to think about, well, what does it mean uh, to find my Christ? What does it mean uh, to, to discover him? And we celebrate the coming of Christ for the world, but also for you and for me. We hear it in the announcement of the shepherds, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is what? Christ the Lord. I was studying this and it occurred to me, if you just put a question mark at the end of that verse, and there's not one there, but they don't have question marks in Greek. But it would ask the question, who is Christ the Lord? And that really is the question that has been echoing throughout humanity ever since his coming. Who is this Christ? What child is this? But who is this Christ and what does it mean to me and how does that impact me? Who is this Christ? It's interesting because each gospel begins a little bit differently talking about him. (laughs) Matthew begins uh, with these words, the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ. That's what it says. Mark begins, the beginning of the gospel of who? Jesus Christ. So we we know that Christ has something to do with this. Luke is the historian, and he doesn't mention the name Jesus for a while because he's going to give all the background. John, he, he calls Jesus word. He says, in the beginning was word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. And that means the reason that holds the universe together. But later, John says that the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. Sometimes people will say that name as a sort of expletive, a sort of curse. They'll, when they're frustrated, they'll say, Jesus Christ, in a way that's not honoring. It's, it's offending and And can even be offensive if we hear it. But Jesus Christ was not the formal name of Jesus. Christ is not the last name of Jesus. (laughs) And sometimes we forget that. We know that, but sometimes we forget and we really don't want to miss it. The shepherds didn't come that night and and approach the the creche and and all of the things there and say, well, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. Christ. (laughs) We're so excited for you. Uh, I see that you added another little Christ to the family, to the gathering. That's not what it was like. 
And the shepherd didn't say, by the way, my wife, Mrs. Shepherd, she knitted a swaddling nighty. I hope it's the right size. It was infant king. So I hope it's right. But Jesus actually may well have been known in Nazareth in this way. If you were looking for his name, it would be Yeshua ban Yosef or Yeshua bar Yosef, which means Yeshua, Jesus, son of Joseph. The only place that he's really referred to directly that connects him with his family, he was called the carpenter's son in Matthew chapter 13. So Christ is not a last name. It's really a title. The angels were very clear in their announcement of the coming of the Christos. Say that word with me, Christos. A savior who is Christos, who is Christ the Lord. This is the anointed one. That's what that means. Or Messiah, who has finally come. And the root word is fascinating because to anoint means uh, to, to rub or smear with oil. It's not even a pouring motion. Sometimes we think of anointing as a pouring, but it's to smear or to rub with oil. That's actually what we do. If we anoint someone with oil for healing, we, we, we rub or, or smear oil on them in the form of a cross. And that's what that word means. He's the one who is anointed by God, who is anointed by the Spirit, who is anointed by the presence of God, the anointed Christ. And then that word is put with another word. So we have two words of title, Christos Kurios. Say that with me, Christos Kurios. That's all the Greek for the night, okay, I promise. But that means Christ the Lord. Kurios uh, means a, a title of supremacy, the supreme one. And so this announcement is huge. The one who has come, this baby who is born is Kurios, is the Lord, and is Christos, the anointed one. So then what does it mean, finding your Christ? I mean, it's an odd kind of phrase, but, but it came to me. If we were going to talk about finding your joy, finding your salvation, finding your, your peace, all these other things, what about finding your Christ? Does that mean that my Christ is different from your Christ? Uh, that my anointed one is, is, is a different one from yours? Because sometimes people get that idea. Oh, well, I have my Jesus, but my Jesus isn't like your Jesus. We want to be careful about that. And my, my answer would be yes and no to that question. The truth is you cannot have a Christ that's different from the historical Christ of the Bible. He is a historical person who came and lived a life that was very specific, very holy, very pure, and he sacrificed in very specific ways, all of which have been prophesied. And we find that in Scripture, and we can't vary from that. We can't simply make up a Jesus because we like it better or make a Jesus into our own image. Jesus is not some imaginary friend that you can wish through. Jesus is not a superpower that you can claim as your authority when you want something done. I'm going to use the name of Jesus and get what I want. That's not, that's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, the Bible teaches that Christ and Lord have to go together. And when we use the word Lord, we're talking about surrender to that supreme person. The appropriate way to use those words would be, I have found the Messiah and surrendered to him as Lord. Why don't you read that out loud with me? I think it's a very powerful statement, especially at Christmas. I have found the Messiah 
and surrendered to him as Lord. That's how those go together. The Messiah has come, and he, has, he is the supreme authority. He is the one who is Lord over all. And when we encounter him, something amazing happens, and it's why we want to find our Christ. Something happens when we come into contact with the anointed one. And, and the simplest way I can explain it is he rubs off on us. If he's the one who is anointed, who is rubbed with the oil of Holy Spirit, who is rubbed with the presence of God, when we come into contact with him, it rubs off on us. And we want to make sure we don't miss that. And so in that, we find our anointing. It's not that we become the anointed one, but we find anointing. And we discover amazing things. When we find our Christ, the anointed one, We find these amazing, incredible things. Three things. We find the presence of the Christ in our life leading us. You read through the scriptures. Read through the the gospels. Every person that came into contact with Jesus was changed. Now, some of them ran away, but everyone was impacted. You know, every single... And the thing I love about some of these images I put before you, they're from The Chosen. And The Chosen has been a series... Very, very well researched, but it shows that encounter, what happens in people as they encounter Jesus in a personal way. It gives a personal perspective. The presence of of Christ is with us, leading us. The second thing is the power of the Holy Spirit begins to work in us and empower us for work and for joy and for play. And the third is we find purpose, the purpose that the Father has. So we never have to wonder anymore, what what am I here for? We just seek him and we find it. That's anointing. And that's, to me, really what Christmas is all about. If there's any one challenge I would love for you to walk away with on, on this Christmas Eve, it would be don't let Christmas go by without finding your Christ, finding your anointing, finding his presence in your life, finding his power in your life, finding his purpose in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the joy of this time, the joy of this season, the joy, all the happy things. But God, most of all, I thank you that you sent the anointed one of God to come and and that as we engage and as we encounter him, there is an anointing that, that does rub off onto us. And we praise you. We thank you for that. We pray that we might be forever changed. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to receive the Lord's Supper. If you do not have the little kit, raise your hand and someone will bring that to you. Everybody should have that. Okay, down here in front, we have two. Anybody else that does not have their communion kit? Right down here. Anybody else?
on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And said, this is my body given for you. Take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father God, we thank you that in your wisdom, you knew the journey that it would take. And that even in the birth of this baby, you knew the great sacrifice that was to come. We are so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen.
to conclude our night of joy and celebration this holy night with the traditional singing of Silent Night. Let's stand together and uh, we'll invite you to join us and uh, if you can figure out how to get your candle on and to stay on, that's helpful. Some of them turn at the flame and some of them turn on the bottom and there's plenty around on the other chair so everyone should be able to have one. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is right, round yon virgin, mother and
church in the churches across our world we rejoice in Jesus name amen